one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. The traveling group has arrived at Sturthal. As one of the larger cities in the Steadfast, it's quite a lot to behold for a group that has spent so much time in the sparsely inhabited beyond. So before they find their contact, there's a city to explore. New food is tried, thieves are stymied, and disguises are donned. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory get to know Sturthal. So you all had some XP to spend. Yes. Normally I'm not too concerned about tracking the individual advancements, but mm -hmm. we had someone advanced to tier three. So Ooh. I would like to talk about what you all took for your advancements this time, spending that four XP. So I will go ahead because I am the one who bumped up to tier three there. For my final tier two advancement, I took a plus four to my might stat. Ooh. Since Nehemiah is always in a situation where he needs to be in the way of things that may go ouch, probably a good idea to have a few a bit beefier there. As always, our beefiest boy. Exactly. What does that put your might out now? Max of 19. Nice. And with my tier up, I have the skill with a medium bladed weapons to go along with heavy bladed, which I already have. Cool. Trained in another type of weapon, just in case he and the uh, sword spear ever get separated. <laughs> and... I've also gained the ability obstacle running, Ooh. which for the next minute, you can ignore obstacles that slow your movement, allowing you to travel at normal speed through areas of rubble, fences, tables, and similar objects that you would normally have to climb over or move around. So what you're saying is you run through things and leave Nehemiah-shaped holes. Exactly. Or rather, I find where the Nehemiah-shaped holes already are, and Nehemiah contorts to them. It's amazing. <laughs> and I also, from my Speaks with the Silver Tongue, I have gained the ability Play to the Crowd. You give a speech that is both rousing and terrifying. Those within short range who can hear and understand you have their next action either eased as an asset or hindered. You choose. It can be different for each individual. Oh, dang. So Nehemiah can now give Braveheart speeches. <laughs> Amazing. Hopefully it goes better than Braveheart. No. Well, you know. You know. You know. You know. I went ahead and took plus one in effort. 
And I took a plus one to my intellect edge, which brings me up to two. So I now only have to spend one point for effort for intellect. Very, very cool. You all spent the better part of the last two months traveling through the beyond, in through the Black Riage Mountains along Sirden's Pass, through the small portion of the Steadfast and Malevich to the edge of Sturthal. We left off with you looking at the city from a little ways out. As a reminder, Sturthal sits on the edge of a massive canyon called the Voile Chasm, and it stretches down to well far beyond what the eye can see any longer. And the city itself, at the surface, is relatively medium-sized, but as you peer over the edge of the canyon, you can see houses and buildings and businesses and different people kind of moving along the cliffside as it goes down. There are pipes and metal passageways and bits of Numenera sticking out of the walls of both the city and the cliffside as it goes down. This is a very large city. And as you enter in and the guards let you pass, giving you the warning that you had better adhere to all of the rules and regulations. You notice that the guards themselves are very uniform. They have ornate black and gold armor, all of them seeming very stoic. And I'll say especially to Nehemiah, you can tell when someone is well-trained in their craft, and these are all weapon masters. If anyone takes a look at the two swords that they carry on either hip, one inscribed down the blade says justice and the other says mercy. And you walk into the city. Your own personal reaction to walking into a place this big is up to you. But this is the largest place that any of you have been in probably about a year. Technically, Symphony would have matched in size, but... It's not quite the same experiencing something only in sound than it is in sight and smell and feel. The city itself holds on record about 100,000 people. It is thrumming, people moving everywhere, constant noise, lots and lots of activity. You enter from the kind of northeast gate because you had come from farther north heading south. This side of the city seems to be the less well-off portion. There are some houses and things like that, but there is also a lot of industry, businesses, that kind of thing, that are a little more run down. There isn't a whole lot of decoration out in the streets or anything like that. These seem to be the spaces that the less well-off folk end up inhabiting. It's not a slum by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, This is all still very well kept up, but it is clearly not the very well-to-do portion of town. Is anybody else starving? I am starving. Let's get something on a stick. I was just about to say I would do a lot for a kebab right now, I tell you. That sounds perfect. I would like to activate my flex skill for the day because I don't think I've changed it in a while. Okay. Before we start interacting with locals, I would like to make my flex skill small talk or small run talk. (laughs) (laughs) I will. hmm, I'll give you. I'll give you small talk. That is fine. That can be your your flex skill. Totally. I I had to get the pun in there, but no, you're good. 
Smallhorn's been out of it for a while, and she didn't leave on the best of terms, so she can't necessarily come in acting like she knows the place because she's pretending to be a stranger. It's true. Does Smallhorn do anything to change her appearance walking in here? Actually, yeah. Well, you two are talking about something on a stick. Now that we've gotten past the guards, and mm. getting past the guards, she basically had kind of like pulled her hood forward hadn't really done any talking but now that we're kind of inside you two turn to her to ask about you know food on a stick and realize that she's slipped off behind a corner and when she comes back out she is not wearing her hood which is very rare she's pushed her hood back previously she had had like very long kind of pale hair it's gone. She's tucking her knife away into her belt. So she's just like sliced off her hair into a very rough kind of angled bob length. And she also has pulled a, a very bright kind of magenta scarf out of her bag and has wrapped it around her neck and kind of over her head, somewhat hood-like. It seems like it might be kind of a, a comfort thing for her to have something over her head very loose. It's very pretty. It's got like little flecks of gold thread in there as well. You've never seen this before. Nehemiah looks to you and is immediately startled. Yeah. Small Wren. What? Wh why? We can see you. I mean, like, we can always see you, but like, we can see you now. Is this okay? The thing about me is, if for any reason someone were to hear that I was back in town, they would never expect me to be wearing this. You know, can't argue with that logic, I guess. I mean, I still can't believe you're wearing that, so, and, and I know who you are and I can see you, so I think that's working. Also, this is very easy to discard in the chance that someone is following us. They'll be looking for the scarf and not necessarily for me. That's true enough. All right, so how do I want to start? Well, hey, Zan. Mm -hmm. Where's the best kebab cart in this part of town? <laughs> so there is a little kind of like food cart vendor section a little bit farther in and not too hard to figure out where it is. I will say that if you are looking for anything kind of just general, like, oh, where's this part of town? Or, you know, where's a good restaurant or something like that? I won't make you roll to find anything because you should remember that. If we're looking for something like super specific that isn't a place that you necessarily frequent it all the time, then we might have a role there. But like, yeah, to find food vendors, easy. In this district, I think if we go down here a ways, a right and then a left, and then the fork, I think the middle path, there was a very good cart. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if that he 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 is in or out of character. <laughs> yes. It's in. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just I'm just very nibbly and I can't wait for something on a stick. Do you think there's a place called something on a stick where you just kind of say, I would like something on a stick and they just kind of pick one. It's like a roulette. I think we're going to open a shop. That's what I'm starting to think. Gelato on a stick? If it's frozen enough, good work. Mm. Yeah. It's just a popsicle eel. Yeah. Like one of those, like a, like a drink. Fudge-sickle. Yeah. Those, are, yeah. those are two loves of mine I didn't think about colliding, but... Now that it's in my head, I'm going to be up all night. think about it. <laughs> Brex is still with you, has kind of just been obviously silently following along and moving through the crowds. You do get a lot of looks 
at them. They are rather large and made up of quite a bit of Numenera at this point. But you find as you get farther and farther into the city, those looks become less and less frequent. As we're moving in, I'll kind of hang back and just lean over to him. Hey, Brex, I know this is a difficult question to answer, but have you been here before? They kind of look around and kind of as though they're trying to remember, like thinking almost. Mm -hmm. You get the sense that it's it's like looking for recognition of a particular place and then a slow nod. Right. While ago though, right? That nod just continues. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, if there's anything you need us to keep an eye out for or help you out while we're here, you know, let us know. We'll try and help you. You get a very big and slightly wind knocked out of you clap on the back. (laughs) Not many folk can do that. You eventually find a section of food stands, little carts and a handful of prominently built stalls. Everyone is calling out their different wares and foods. There are exotic looking drinks of different colors and flavors. There is someone selling sandwiches, it looks like. There is a person who is swearing by something that looks like it might be a lack, which is a small lizard that are individually kind of just a vermin, but in large groups can be pretty pernicious. Deep fried reptile, essentially, kind of like hanging Mm. in front of their stall. There are a handful of people selling various fruits and vegetables and plants. And then eventually, Small Wren finds the cart that she was looking for. It is a person selling various kebabs. And there's a couple of different meats there. All of them are heavily spiced and very aromatic. I also, I, just because I, you said sandwiches and now I have the idea in my head and I want it, they also do have a special that is like a bunch of small sandwiches strung onto a stick, like little squares. (laughs) Tiny little sliders. Tiny little sliders on a stick. (laughs) You get like four of them. Easy Street has something like that. I think it's the chubby checker there and it's like eight sandwiches stacked on top of each other with a big like kebab through it. It's honestly, I don't know why more people don't do it. It's the image in my head is adorable. It's, it's incredible. Well, no, it's like a Dagwood. They put a toothpick in them already. So why not just go the next mile and like stick it through a bunch of them? Exactly. Precisely. Sporin, what do you like here? I would recommend staying away from the maroon one. That is a little too spicy even for me. The green is a nice middle ground as far as spice. And if you're just looking for something flavorful, then I would perhaps go with this one here. Can I get a Superman? I guess I shouldn't... A, a suicide? What do you call them when you roll them in all the spices and that's like a mix? Cool ranch. What is it? That would be the rainbow kebab. <gasps> ah, yes. Only three people have ever eaten a whole one. Don't this take is, that as this, a challenge. This is, this is true. This is true. Uh, she speaks the truth. It's, it's a challenge, you know. If you eat the entire rainbow kebab in one sitting here, you get a free oddity. The person behind the stand kind of goes on. I'm jumping up and down. We have a brave customer. Yes, I'm very brave. Give me one. <laughs> Let's see. 
All right, well, they're each a shin apiece. Whichever kebab you would like, it's, it's mm-hmm. one shin, and I will roll it in your preferred spice and send you on your way, unless you are, are you looking to be a contender? I think I'd like to try something mild so that I know at least there's something in my stomach if I can't keep the rainbow down, and then I'll try the rainbow. And do you have a something in a glass as well as a things on a stick? If you're looking for something to drink, that'll be the cart across the way. Delightful, thank you. Yes, that's my order. Here's two shins. All right, so you get the more mild one, which is like a yellow spice, kind of like turmeric type. Mm. You get that handed off. Anyone else getting something on a stick? Smallrin buys the one rolled in the green spice, the middle middle of the road. Nehemiah will also take the green spice, middle of the road. Sounds perfect. Awesome. The mild one that Jory got is very earthy. It does have a little bit of warmth to it, but it is more of that kind of like slow budding, long lasting warmth of like cinnamon or peanutty. Yeah, yeah. The green spice is a little bit more of a roller coaster. It hits hard mm. at the beginning, kind of like almost like wasabi mm. at the beginning. Like it kind of like takes your nostrils and the back of your throat by storm, but then it mellows out very, very quickly into something almost akin to ginger. Mm. Whew. Uh, Nehemiah, yeah. I'm I'm going to hand you a couple of shins. Now, if this goes poorly and I'm not able to function, would you be able to dash next door and grab me a drink? I'll get walking right now. <laughs> That's I'll probably a good idea. Get, uh, and Smallrin kind of looks at the menu next door really quickly and then points, uh, do that one. You've got it. Nima, you walk over to an area that has essentially a fruit juice smoothie type stand. Mm-hmm. And they have various different fruits or and even vegetables that they're juicing, like with yeah. a hand juicer grinder and like handing off very freshly pressed juice to people. Mm-hmm. I'll get a couple of like a berry blend kind of thing. And then I'll get one that has like some rice milk in it to try and cut yeah. some spice. Smart. Oh. You head back. Mm-hmm. All right, so then you're looking at the rainbow. All right, you paid your shin, and he goes through and one by one rolls it in each of the spices, shakes off a little bit of excess, hands it off to you like with a napkin around the edge of the stick. Now be warned, you do have to eat the entire thing right now, or else the oddity is forfeit. That's fine. That's probably the best way, like uh, ripping off a bandage or jumping straight into that lake in the middle of winter. You wish you hadn't done that one time. Oh, that's a fun time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. This is good. This is going to be a level four difficulty. And I'm going to say it's a might roll because this is just straight constitution of will to finish something that is bordering on painful. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ooh. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I can do it. I can do it. Ah, I failed. With a six, I failed with a six. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did. You get two bites in. And the first bite is pretty good. It's actually, the the blend together is really tasty. Okay, you think you can do this. The second bite, though, it hits the back of your throat weird, and you just start coughing and sputtering. (laughs) How do you... (laughs) I can't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nehemiah, can you slap yeah, her no, on the here back? Here it is, here it is. <laughs> All right. Breathe through it. Uh, my tongue's exploded. 
damn bad beverage. <laughs> I think I need it. Tricky. And you take a sip, and it does soothe it a bit. It doesn't make it go away immediately, but it is like the equivalent of having a nice cool drink after catastrophic spice. Yeah. It, it helps when it's in my throat, but as soon as I swallow and it goes away, it just burns again. Oh, this is fun. Oh, God, I hate this. <laughs> Well, uh, it seems that you uh, might have failed the challenge this time, I did. but I did fail. You're always welcome to stop back and, and try again. I will welcome the business. Yep, I'll be I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Thank you. Uh, and he kind of steps aside and, and starts helping the next customer who has come up. <laughs> What's happening to my? I did try uh, to warn you. This is great. I love this. It's fine. Challenge places don't do it just for fun. Like that guy's got it. Like Ooh. at most three prizes ready to go. Oh, who needs a sauna when you've got that? I'm, I'm, I'm cleaned. I am, I'm. <laughs> the good news is that your sinuses are going to be clear for at least two years. Mm-hmm. They should market that as a decongestant. Oh, he does. Just not for children. No, in the in the winter he does a roaring trade. I believe it. I believe it. Okay. <sighs> All right. Well, now that we have been fed, how do we want to start looking? The information that you got from Adriel before you headed out about the contact that you had here. The person's name is Habina, and she was willing to meet you to talk about what she knew concerning Dremlin, the warlord. Hmm. She said that once arriving, you should check in at a place called the Jaded Ale House, and that once you get there, you should ask the bartender for something called a fizzy Aeon Priest, and things would happen from there. Uh, so where is this place? Jaded Ale House. Is it a place that I'm particularly familiar with? This is the kind of place where a lot of the merchants tend to hang out, not necessarily like nobility or high-ranking city officials or anything like that, but definitely people who have a decent amount of coin to throw around because of their trade and business ventures. Hmm. It's a novelty place. Like, they, they're there to be seen, to make business transactions, to show off, that kind of stuff. And it has, like, good enough food and drink. It is closer to the edge of the Voile Chasm. Not on the edge, but near that side of town. Okay. I'm not as familiar with the Jaded Ale House as I would like to be. We can head there, but I will probably break off and do some scouting. All right. Two of us can handle that, I think. I mean, we're just, just meeting as long as you're... And I know I'm about to sound real silly saying this, but as long as you're comfortable taking whatever job we end up having to take in order to get this taken care of. Do you have a line, I think, <laughs> is... is... <laughs> Well, we're just coming out to ask. We probably should have discussed that a long time ago, but... Well, here we are. No. Okay. <laughs> Worth asking. I assumed as much. And I will probably rejoin you by the time we meet our contact. I would just okay. prefer to enter separately and take a moment to know where all our options are. All right. And our escape routes, right? <laughs> Indeed. All right. Sounds good. 
with bellies now full of meat on a stick and fruit juice drinks, you start making your way through the city. And it does take you a little while, partially because finding your way is a little bit harder, being that three of you are less familiar with it and one of you is familiar, but it's been a while, kind of going through the city streets and finding exactly which direction to take. There's a couple times you're like, oh, nope, that's a dead end. But it's, it's not hard to eventually start figuring out. GM intrusion. Nehemiah, as you are walking through the streets, Uh you feel a tug at your belt. Mm. And you catch a figure out of the corner of your eye starting to move away. Uh Uh-huh. Would you like to take the XP or spend one for this not to happen? (sighs) I'll take the XP. Okay. You turn around just as you feel the kind of release from your belt as a pouch is taken from your side, and you see a figure start darting off into the crowd. A smaller-looking person, like maybe three feet tall. Oh, okay. You look kind of down at your belt, expecting it to be your pouch of shins. Yeah. It's not. Mm. It's the bag that you had your subdual field, your cipher in. Oh, beans. Okay. I would like to activate my new ability, obstacle running. Nice. Good. So this crowd presents absolutely no obstacle for me getting to this little criminal. Amazing. And I am going to go after said little criminal. Get back here. And you start taking off after them. I'm going to have you roll. Given that the crowd is no issue and that you are fleet of foot as well, I'm actually not going to have you roll because this was going to be like a level two to keep up. Mm -hmm. But I think with everything you have, it would end up being a zero anyway. So you start making your way. What does it look like, Nehemiah, kind of just avoiding these obstacles, both of people and of buildings and businesses and things like that? How does does this look? I, I think it's like full parkour. Like you've got somebody who is good with getting around crowds. Like the thief is definitely whoever they are. They've been here for a while and they know what they're doing. But Nehemiah is just taking the most buck wild approach. He is running along walls, ducking under tables, taking like momentary like gaps in between people and just slipping through. And pretty quickly, it's just like hand on wrist. And you grab that wrist. I'm going to have you make me a perception level three. Okay. Success with an 18. Amazing. As you grab this person's wrist, you see them kind of turn And so you have like their left wrist. And as they turn, they kind of put their hand over the side of the left side of their face, their right hand, Mm -hmm. and kind of like just move it across. And there's a very fast, nearly imperceptible change Mm -hmm. across their face that they now look different than they did a moment before. Hmm. And they turn around and it looks like a child. Uh Uh-huh. Small kid, maybe... 10 years old. Mm -hmm. What throws it off for you is the voice. The voice doesn't quite match. It sounds like an adult trying to sound like a child and in a very panicked, almost crying kind of voice. "Uh, Please, sir, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Didn't. What part of this is an accident? Not not, not an accident. I I just, I'm so sorry. I I didn't, no, I didn't. I'm so, I'm just stumbling, like Uh trying to to be as flustered as possible. Take the pouch, reattach it, drop it down. Also, you got to work on that side of hand. Like it's a neat trick and all that, but like I totally caught you doing the thing. 
also you're like you're really steering way too far into it don't go for 10 go for like 13 so it actually is more believable that you sound like that come on have some honor in your craft their expression changes a little bit and they stand up to they're still a short person sure but they were hunching a little bit they stand up to a a little taller than three feet, maybe yeah. three and a half now. And kind of just like raise an eyebrow. Fair play. Very well, you can have it back. Spec so. You working for somebody in town? <laughs> I'm not answering that. Oh, come on. Come on. I caught you. Sure. Look, I'm in town. Won't be here for long. I'm trying to lie low. I imagine you are too. We're doing a little bit of looking for somebody. All. You know you all stick out like a sore thumb, right? No way not to at a certain point. It's easy to tell outlanders here. Like I said, we won't be here long. Mm. Getting some info, getting out of Dodge. We're not here to rock the boat. Well, best of luck then. Likewise. And seriously, like 13, 15, people will still have some empathy for that. I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> and they turn and, and walk down the alleyway that they had taken a turn down. And as they do so, they kind of reach up to the what you thought was a short overcoat mm -hmm. or a button-up shirt, reach up to the collar of it and unclasp something and a long trench coat kind of like unfurls down the back in a completely different color as they kind of pull it around themselves again. You see the hand go over their face and they cut off down the alley. Neat trick. You know, you really should check everything else on your belt and in your pockets. Yeah, yeah, good call. Nehemiah does a pat down. Everything else is there. You were warned by Jal, one of the travelers that you passed through the mountains, that there was a pretty big uptick in Numenera theft happening recently in town. That's probably fine. What I saw of that interaction, mm -hmm. did I recognize anything about them? Like the way that they moved, the way that they used their disguise tech? I'm assuming I wouldn't recognize the face. You recognize the disguise portion of it. That's a pretty solid jack technique. Okay. One of the tricks of the trade is being able to change your appearance, yeah. Your appearance at will for a certain amount of time. Nehemiah, since you took the XP, who would you like to give the other one to? I know uh, it was kind of a very individual interaction, but Yeah, I'll go ahead and give it to Small Ren, just cause she was definitely gonna be the one to follow closest behind and see the bulk of that. Yes, I am huffing and puffing along behind because I think there's something wrong with my cardiovascular system still. It's still cooling down. Brex keeps pace with you, just to make sure that you're okay and not left behind. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thanks. <sighs> I will say that now that Smallrin has made herself more noticeable, she is going out of her way to be less stealthy. She's moving a little differently from how she normally moves. She took a little longer to get to you because she very consciously was moving a little more like a normal person. After that happened, because it did take her a second to even notice Nehemiah had jetted away because he went so fast. Mm-hmm. She is going to commune with her little Ogrim orb and mm. specifically ask it to keep tabs on the three other members of the party at all times. So okay. to kind of focus in if they make any sudden movements away or if something happens to them. Kind of give you a heads up on it. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Can do. 
it's already very, very excited because there's so there's much, so much to see here. Yeah, no, I can. <laughs> I feel like there's some little portion of Smallrin's head where they have their connection, where it's like almost chattering at her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keeps trying to show her things, and she's like, "Yes, yes," but I, I need to focus. Going on and on about all the little things happening. You all catch back up to each other and continue. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you are all looking for or trying to take in or trying to make specific note of as you go through? I'm definitely feeling that that technology tug that I've spent a lot of my life indulging in. And so any kind of, I don't want to say junk shops, any Numenera shops, any anything like that that's that's quirky and small and I don't know what this is or that is, I'm kind of making a mental note in my brain that I want to go back and look at that at some point. There's more like junkyard and pawn shop kind of stuff in the area that you started in. But as you get closer to the cliffside, there are more actual like delving shops and component part type storefronts where you can buy things that have been brought over from the edge. You learned that the Voil Chasm is ripe and ready for scavenging and salvaging things. So people bring stuff over the edge back into the city on a very regular basis. So there is a pretty prime supply of things that you could find. I don't know if my blood's on fire or this is actual excitement. I think it's both, but this place is great. I love it. Oh, so cozy, so homey. And I just thought of something brilliant. I want to open a shop, as I tend to want to do, that sells Numenera and gelato and alcohol, and I'm going to call it the Dumpster Dive Bar. (laughs) That would honestly do well here. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I think so. Brex kind of tilts their head to one side and then shrugs. (laughs) Oh, really? That's, That's it? Okay, all right, more ideas. I'll keep thinking. I do like Dumpster Dive, though. I thought I was clever. Maybe I need to lie down. You think it might be because Brex doesn't eat or drink anything. That's fair. We need to find some kind of indulgence that they can have that's like, you know, a nice thing. Pats on the shoulder are good. Maybe there's some kind of market for that. So Jory's on the lookout for Numenera shops and stands. Anything anyone else is looking for or noting? Nehemiah's just got his head on a swivel at this point. Smallerin, similarly kind of head on a swivel, keeping an eye out, specifically looking if there's anyone she recognizes, but also keeping an eye out for where city guards are posted. She has a good memory of where they used to be and what their routes used to be, but she's checking to see if anything has changed, if they've increased in certain areas, and also just falling back into the old habit of always knowing what the mood is in the nearest guard post, because that can really make or break a day. (laughs) It seems to you that the handful of routes you see them walking are relatively familiar. Those beat paths don't seem to be terribly off from your recollection. You do notice, again, more guards around these Numenera shops, more than you remember. But none of them seem particularly, like, on edge. It doesn't seem like there's something big going down or has happened recently where they're, like, hyper vigilant for some reason. That uptick in Numenera theft 
has probably why they're stationed those areas. So they're they're a little more watchful, but not in the sense of like we're expecting something big or something awful just happened, and right. so we're really on edge. They're not going out of their way to start things with individuals in the crowd. No, okay. but there are more posted up around those kinds of shops and stands. Why do I get the feeling that once we encounter more of the criminal element here, we're going to be asked to somehow get involved in this Numenera theft ring? Yeah, I'm hoping that doesn't necessarily come up, but I don't think we're going to be that lucky. No, probably not. Look, whatever we do, we should just try and keep as low of a profile as possible. Those last two words are doing a lot of heavy lifting, I'll admit, but... (laughs) Yeah. So it goes. Well, there's also the possibility we might be able to trade on our high profile for more information. We can offer to take the fall and get out of town for something if they give us something good enough to warrant it. Uh, That'd have to be pretty stinking good, I tell you. Nehemiah, when you say heavy lifting, Brex mm-hmm. kind of perks up for a moment, but then realizes you're talking about something that is not uh, actually sorry, heavy sorry, lifting. Sorry, sorry, but just a metaphor. I've got it. A moving company. Yeah. That's that's the equivalent. There it is. There it is. Give Brex a reason to lift heavy things and give fist bumps. Mm. I think that this is just going to be the season of Jory the Entrepreneur. Mm. I'm getting that sense, yes. This is a Rin trope, apparently. I was trying to break myself of, and then we entered a city, and then it it was just over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's really fun because, like, it started to manifest itself when we got back to Lagam, and the city planning was happening and, like, building it up as more of a community, and that was when it really took off. And now we're in a big city, and it's even more so. So I just think this is a really funny piece of character development for Jory. I also now, like, my my happy ending scenario for Jory is that she is running just a chain of miscellaneous businesses. Like, it's not like a chain of all one the same thing. It's she owns, like, this whole string of businesses, and they're all different. (laughs) So it's, I'm I'm Miles. I'm just Miles. Exactly. Yes. Everything has, like, the austere brain. (laughs) Yes. You and your brother together will create an empire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is all I want in the world now. <laughs> Manifesting it, putting that out there in the universe before everything goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Who has Bitbit? A Bitbit probably been floating near me. Okay. Bitbit has kind of been like flitting around, always kind of like just in your peripheral a little bit, like over your head, okay. sometimes resting on your shoulder or grabbing onto your shirt or something like that. Yep. And is just very, very active. Mm-hmm. Very kind of similar to the orb that Smallrun has, just like super excited about everything that's happening. Yep. No need for a sit rep at this point. I just let Bitbit hover and crawl around and see whatever they want to see. Cool. Now that you mentioned it, Smallrun is going to include Bitbit in her Ogrim Orbs list of things to keep an eye on, particularly now that we've been reminded of all the Numenera theft. Mm. Good call. Although as we get closer to the Jaded Alehouse, once we're, you know, about like maybe two blocks away, Smallrin kind of points the rest of the way there and then is going to very quietly peel off into an alley. And as she slips away, you notice a flash of magenta and then the scarf is gone and her hood has returned. Cool. Smallrin steps away and points down the street two more blocks. It'll be on your left. And as you walk up, 
you can hear and see the beginnings of where the cliffside is. You are near, but not on the edge at the moment. It is higher up on a little bit of an incline on the street. And at the top there, it is kind of like made out of some sort of green, semi-translucent synth, kind of like in jagged, almost rock-like protrusions from this building, which is a little bit different from the rest of it. Most of the other things are stone and metal and, and more of a neutral colored synth materials. So this one kind of does stand out quite a bit as the Jaded Ale House. Okay. And I assume the three of you plus Bitbit, mm-hmm. Nehemiah, Jory, Brex, and Bitbit mm-hmm. walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Once this airs, can we make that a thing on the Discord, ask people to come up with the punchline to that joke? Yes, absolutely. You walk in and... There is a distinct mood shift. The outside, the city streets are busy, are loud, and a lot of people, everything kind of happening at once. As soon as you step through the threshold of the doorway, the sound dampens significantly. Mm. Everything kind of chills down, and there is a little bit of music being played. Not quite, like, lounge music, but it's definitely something down-tempo. Is there a and there is not. It's actually coming from what looks to be some sort of like almost music box type Numenera device sitting at the far side of the bar. And that green translucent material kind of continues in and like that is what the bar top is made out of. That is what all the tabletops looking into the area are made out of. And you see that a lot of people are, as they are getting their drinks, most of the drinks that they pour are, you know, relatively normal, but there is like one large tap at the center that pours a bright emerald green drink of some sort. And you notice someone kind of get, you know, pay for it, get theirs, take a sip, and each time they bring it to their lips, it changes color. Ooh. So it goes from a green to a red to a blue, yellow, orange, violet, everything in between. <sighs> Rainbow. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what was the drink we were supposed to order again? The Fizzy Aeon Priest. Fizzy Aeon Priest. All right. I'll look to Jory. Um, any reason not to just go ahead and get this taken care of? Uh, none that I can think of specifically. All right. Let's do it. Four of us walk on up and um, go to the bartender. The bartender is a slender man who, uh, not a slender man, <laughs> a slender <laughs> a slender man. <laughs> I realized what I said. Like, yep. that. <laughs> Hi the there, Tumblr 2010. Right? This is not a creepypasta podcast. Although we should do some Old Gods of Appalachia once that comes out. Yes. yes. <laughs> a slender built man mm-hmm. comes over, has a very finely waxed mustache and a trim cut tunic with like metal oddity type buttons Mm -hmm. that have like different colors that seem to be lighting up. Mm -hmm. As soon as he walks up to you, has just a smile that is the kind of smile that Nehemiah would recognize as a person who knows how to make people like him Mm. pretty quickly. Like he's able to establish that rapport. This is clearly a place where he would like his customers to like him, but it's an incredibly charming demeanor. Sure. Well, hello there. How can I help y'all? Hey there, friend. Uh, actually, uh, just here for um, a couple of physiaeon priests. That's all right with you? He raises his eyebrow and says, You sure that's what you're asking for here? 
unfortunately. <laughs> I just want to make sure that's a drink from our specialty menu. No, I, I understand. It's a select kind of stock. We've been loosely informed of what we're getting into. Well, wonderful. It will probably take a while. That does have a little bit of a long prep time. Not a but problem. I will make sure that I can get what you need to as soon as possible. If you would like to take a seat either at the bar or one of the tables, I'll get your order out to you as soon as I possibly can. Be much obliged. Um, and actually, if, um, you know, since we're going to be waiting a couple of minutes for that one to come on up, if we can get a couple of those uh, color-changing ones, that, that actually looks pretty neat. Haven't had something like that before. Absolutely. Actually, for mine, could I just have something kind of pale and soothing? <laughs> she, did just the, like... she did the rainbow challenge over. I need to break there. <laughs> Understood. Would you just like a water then? You know what? Sure, let's go crazy. <laughs> you have an interesting energy. I like that. Uh, give me just a moment. The water is on the house, the ale. You realize that this is the kind of place that probably has a ridiculously high markup for absolutely no reason other than this is where mm. the merchants go. Sure. Because the ale will be three shins. You got it. Is this a tip-based economy? Um, It is not a tip-based economy, but it is a, a tip will make your intentions known type economy. I'll slide him six shins. Oh. A generous man. Well, thank you. I'll make sure that your first order is not liquidated. That's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, Expeditious? Expeditious. <laughs> it will also be liquidated. We need to talk to her. It's liquid. You are a generous man. I will make sure that your first order is as expedited as possible. Much obliged. Uh, take a seat and I'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Would you like to sit at the bar or at a table? Uh, we'll grab a table so that we can grab an extra chair for when small run shows. Grab a table with, I'll say, five chairs total, mm -hmm. since you are, in theory, expecting someone else as well. And you take a seat. After a moment, he does bring the water and color-changing ale out to you, gives you both a wink, and heads back to the bar. Oh, yeah. Keep him coming. <laughs> I shotgun it. <laughs> It is in a glass, I will say. I, not something that you can... What's the glass equivalent of shotgun? You chug, chug it? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I chug it. I thought there might be a <laughs> more extreme word, but yes, I think that's probably it. I chug it. Thank you. Whew. And you sit down to wait for a moment. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening to episode 79 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. And for the first time ever, if you'd like to find us in person, the Ghostlight Media Network is going to be at Acadacon in Dayton, Ohio from November 4th to the 6th. While I will not be there personally, there will be a number of representatives from the various shows within the Ghostlight Media Network, and they would love to see you if you're in the area. And of course, if you're able to help us out monetarily, we do have a link to our Patreon on our website. And on that note, I'd like to thank Enoch, Joel, and Patrick for their continued support. It's your Patreon support that's helped us be able to go to this event, and we would love to be able to continue to do more things like that in the future, so any little bit helps. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, 
leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show, whether that's by word of mouth or on social media. And of course, you can find our hosts on Twitter, self at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.